Hello and welcome to K-Botak, a short podcast about Korean cinema and K-dramas, with me, John. This episode we're going to be talking about Sweet Home. Sweet Home is a drama directed by, among others, Lee Jung-bok, who is notable for directing the likes of Descendants of the Sun, Mr. Sunshine, the currently airing Jiri-san. Uh, and this drama can be watched on Netflix, it's on there, you can see it right now. It was one of those Netflix uh, series, and this is uh, one of my favourite TV series that I've seen this year. Absolutely excellent. I was extremely absorbed by the end of it, um, binged my way through the last few episodes, and uh, I think that uh, this is really, really worth watching. It's going to be a strong recommendation from me this episode. So the basic concept of this drama is... It's a little bit like a zombie apocalypse thing, except people are turning into all kinds of different monsters. And there are reasons for that, uh, plot reasons that uh, I won't spoil right here, but eventually become clear. Uh, You are in an apartment block, uh, which is where all of the characters live. And one day, suddenly, some of the people around them start turning into uh, frightening, horrifying, and above all, very dangerous monsters of various descriptions Uh, and the show follows them as they try to a survive b secure areas of the apartment block that they can safely exist in uh, and uh, protect themselves from um, and uh, also try to find help try to find out what's going on Um, and naturally you see their relationships with each other as well Um, so the characters uh, in this uh, series, firstly, you've got Song Kang as Cha Hyun-so. Um, he is uh, a young teenager who has moved to this apartment block. He's all on his own in the world. And one of the first things uh, he does in the series is walk up to the roof of uh, the apartment block and, and consider throwing himself off. As uh, something of a, a content warning i don't really do content warnings most of the time with the shows that i cover uh, especially since i cover various horror movies and, and tv series um uh, looking at does the dog die.com is is kind of uh, kind of implied um with most movies and, and tv series if there's stuff that you think is going to upset you but just on top of all of that i will say uh, that hyunso is a, a character who self-harms and is suicidal and his um internal life and what he has gone through and, and is continuing to process provides the backbone for his character arc so uh, if you think that that is uh, going to be a, a lot uh, for you um, or if you just don't fancy that right now um you know either give this a miss or come back to it when you're in the, the headspace um there's been plenty of times when I have deferred watching or playing or reading something because I think I, I'm just not in the mood for that right now. Um, and there's other stuff that I have decided not to touch at all because of the content. Um, along the same lines, uh, there there is uh, a character in this who has uh, lost a child. And uh, if you think that that is going to be a, a, a lot for you as well, then um, again, give it a miss or maybe fast forward through that part of the episode but you'll have to go and check exactly where it is because I, I can't remember um, but uh, yeah there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of pain in this series it's kind of about pain uh, and suffering and how people deal with that 
um, without getting too ahead into the themes. Um, but I think one of its strengths is the fact that, as you can see here, it's kind of difficult to talk about the characters in this show um, without getting into or at least getting excited about uh, their narrative and uh, the themes that the, the writers are able to draw out um, around them. You've also got Lee Jim-wook as uh, a scarred uh, gangster who basically is uh, a very unforgiving and uh, quite brutal man who is also very mysterious and uh, I can guarantee that as the episodes unfold you'll become uh, really really quite uh, interested in who he is and why he's been doing what he's doing. The first thing you see him do is walk into a lift with a bunch of sellotape and he goes upstairs and sellotapes this guy up and um, basically starts torturing him. I mean it's a, an unbelievable uh, grim uh, introduction to his character um, but I guarantee he gets more complicated than that. You've also got uh, Lysium, uh, aka uh, Miss 8% Body Fat, uh, amateur boxer and, and all-around badass, uh, who's also been in movies like No Mercy, uh, as Yi Kyung. Uh, she plays, uh, she is, Yi Kyung is a firefighter. Um, and it was one of her scenes that got me to finally get this off my Netflix you know, watch list and, and actually dive into it. Uh, there's a great moment where she's um, it, crawling uh, around and, and dashing around these vents uh, in the apartment blocks kind of um, you know air conditioning system and, and ventilation system pursued by this nightmarish spidery creature and it just looked so kind of classic alien uh, you know 80s horror um, and uh, she was sort of such a, a, a badass into the bargain that I thought there's a lot to this show that I haven't realised and I was right You've also got uh, Lee Do-hyun. Uh, he seems to be a drama actor. I haven't seen him in films or, or anything before. And a, a quick look at his Wikipedia. Um, he uh, seems to be mainly in, in TV series, uh, dramas. Um, but he plays uh, Yun Hyuk, who is a medical student. And he becomes the basically the leader of the survivors in the apartment block. Um, Kim Nam-hee as uh, a, a brilliantly conceived character basically a jingum wielding christian uh so if you can believe it before a lot of the big fight scenes and uh, and gory battles in this show you'll see this guy uh saying prayers uh while uh, holding a traditional south korean uh, combat sword uh extremely entertaining concept and uh when you're introduced to him you think he's just this uh, uh just a, a very nice and uh peace-loving kind of a, a Christian guy who just wants to tell people about uh, about his Bible classes that he goes to. Uh, he's a teacher. He seems, a, you know, all around quite nice but very gentle. And then suddenly he's coming out wielding this uh, jingam. I thought it was a very clever way to develop the character. You've got Go Min Si, who uh, recently seems to be uh, on the rise as an actor. She's in Jiri-san as well. She is an injured ballerina uh, with a temper. Um, she... Uh, provides quite a lot of momentum for the the arguments that take place uh, throughout this and, and confrontations because she uh, doesn't take uh, really any kind of artifice um, or dissembling from anyone around her so she's quite a good sort of grenade to throw into any um, confrontation or debate to to move things along so she's a character slash quite a 
a useful narrative device, I, I thought. Um, you've also got always one of my favorites, Kim Sang-ho, as a resourceful former military man. He is wheelchair-bound. He's introduced in episode two in one of the uh, most amazing introductions to a character I've ever seen. Uh, extremely cool, uh, really dramatic, especially because it's a, an actor that um, that I like anyway. Um, and uh, if this was a video game, he'd be the smith. Uh, you'd be going up to his floor of the apartment building to uh, get uh, all, your, all your gadgets and, and your upgrades because he basically is sitting in his flat crafting things weapons and uh, devices and armor that can help people. It has loads of characters. Uh, going back to this and, and looking down the list of who's in it and who they play, there's loads of different characters, but they all have good arcs that add something to the story. Every conversation even in this drama is moving the characters forward. It's much faster paced than the other stuff I've seen from this director, um, like Mr. Sunshine. It's more direct in its narrative than Jiri-san, at least to the point that that show is at the moment. This is a, a very direct premise uh, and setup. Um, it's based on a webtoon, so they're, they're taking the story um, from something that was already successful. I think it had two billion views uh, in its webtoon format. Um, uh, so they already had the uh, kind of the premise, um, and it's been turned into this, I think, very well-produced incredibly entertaining Netflix series. Um, the setting of an apartment block works great. Uh, they're establishing these safe spaces. So for example, the, the ground floor around the lifts, uh, like the lobby area and the nursery becomes sort of a base. Again, uh, it's it's a little bit video gamey. This is your hub um, from where you go out into different areas of the uh, apartment block. Um, they have uh, a rhythm of going on these dangerous expeditions to different floors and flats when they need various things or they want to rescue someone from a different part of the apartment block. At one point they're going back and forth um, to uh, the, the flat where Kim Sang-ho's character is and especially in the, the first half of this uh, that creates a, a really good kind of pattern. Uh, that they've got this safe area, but they have to go on these missions and then they introduce another monster or uh, another problem, another challenge, and meanwhile there's stuff going on between the survivors. Sometimes the, uh, the, the best concepts are simple ones, and I think they hit upon a, a, a really brilliant one here. I think that this is the best Resident Evil uh, TV series or, or movie that I've uh, ever seen, even though it's not based on Resi. Um, which, for those who, who aren't into video games, is uh, you probably know it anyway, uh, a very famous survival horror uh, series um, by Capcom. Um, in those games, once you get past the initial outbreak, uh, the mansion, the police department that's full of zombies and etc., eventually you get straight to these crazy experiments by Umbrella, which is the antagonistic um, organisation and corporation in the games. Sweet Home is kind of like if they just skip all the, the mansion stuff and, and the setup and the zombies and they go straight to these weird, bizarre creatures. Um, and that's what makes it so good. You've got this monster in the first episode with this tongue that uh, lashes out and uh, basically uh, sucks people's brains out. There's a huge, uh, muscly uh, creature who looks um, like some kind of cartoon 
uh, you know, bouncer or something like that is huge and he's charging down corridors at people. Um, there's an even bigger giant who's outside who's, uh, like, he's several stories tall. Um, there's a, a huge eye on the end of a stalk that's coming out of the apartment building and looking into different flats. There's the spidery thing in the vents. The creature design is endlessly inventive and, and really incredible. And I guess, although I haven't seen the webtoon, that's probably credit to uh, the, the creativity um, of the people who originally came up with, with Sweet Home. Um, but uh, visually, it's a, a treat. If you love your uh, your horror and uh, and monster movies and stuff like that, um, you're in for a real treat here. The effects can look a bit retro, um, even though they apparently involved effects designers uh, who worked on the Avengers and Avatar. At some point, they can look like almost like they're on a different frame rate to the rest of what's going on, um, or as if they are a slightly lower uh, quality uh, image than everything around them. Uh, they can be a bit juddery, especially that spidery monster in the vent. Um, other times they, they they fit right in, especially some of the the more the ones that basically look like humans but that have gone a bit wrong. Um, and often those are the scariest as well, at, at least to me, um, rather than the the bizarre, wacky things. Um, but uh, yeah, it it all adds to the vibe for me. It's very eighties B movie horror. It's of that of that stripe um, and so I was really happy to uh, to discover that that's what it was all about my my wife uh, picked up on the fact that it's basically Mars attacks uh, um, but the genius part is that instead of the rushed caricatures that a lot of B-movies have uh, to basically get you from monster to monster it has these stunning character arcs um, Hyunsoo's story is all about uh, pain as I mentioned dealing with pain and, and pushing through um, uh, physical and, and psychological um, torment, really, that partially that he's inflicted on himself, but um, re that's because of something that has been done to him, uh, something that is deeply unfair and uh, e extremely, uh, extremely upsetting. His backstory is, is genuinely, there's a lot of pathos to it, and it makes you feel for him. I won't spoil any of it here, um, but... Um, makes you angry for uh, what has been done to him. I think mostly because you know that this can happen to young boys um, and young people. They can be made outsiders. They can be put in a position where they feel that they they want to, to harm themselves. And it's, uh, and it's tragic. Um, and this is obviously uh, risky, uh, risky terrain for um, quite an exuberant um, monster-filled... Uh, action horror TV series um, that that sells it, that sells itself on uh, its its crazy creature design, but I think the the strength of this show is that um, it it does make the feelings feel real. It makes the the themes feel meaningful. It's not uh, touching on these kind of issues for the sake of it, um, and that's partly because the the writing is good, and it's partly because the cast. Um, is is so believable. Um, I think across the board, the the acting is generally generally very good, if not great. Um, in the case of, uh, I think especially Song Kang. Um, so you've got a, a bingeable length here. It's it's ten episodes. You can get through it in a, a weekend or two, depending on what your 
your situation is and, and how much time you have to, to put into you know watching TV or, or you know how, how much you're prepared to um, but uh, I like these uh, these kind of bingeable length uh, Netflix series that they've been doing uh, it's not too scary after the first couple of episodes there is a natural um, terror to the idea of you know people our age uh, a lot of us live in uh, uh, apartment blocks especially here in East Asia I'm in Singapore I lived in Malaysia uh, for five years and until very recently um, most of the time I've been living in high-rise um, and uh, the idea that uh, you know that that space uh, could be compromised somehow uh, is obviously very scary because where do you go if the lifts stop working where do you go um, if there's something in there with you you know how do you get up and down how do you get to safety so there, there's a natural um, horror there but in terms of actual spooks um, and uh, how disturbing the events are I think it's probably um, front-loaded uh, in that regard it gets to mostly action later on uh, puts a lot of time into the characters which I, I think is uh, to its to its benefit um, with an exception of a few quite intense scenes later on, uh, but there is loads of gore, uh, a lot of blood, um, even in the uh, various intros and uh, uh, and outros of the series. Uh, there's there always seems to be blood on screen. Um, so yeah, Sweet Home, absolutely watch this. Um, at this point, I think I shouldn't have to say, you know, if you're looking for something to watch after Squid Game or My Name or Kingdom. Uh, Honestly, if you like good telly, if you like Resident Evil, if you like uh, B-movies and horror and monsters and good creature design, uh, and you want all of that combined with uh, some genuinely excellent uh, character arcs and, and character development, um, then get on this series. You've probably got Netflix, um, so you can watch it right now. Um, huge recommendation from me. So... Thank you uh, very much for listening. You can follow uh, the podcast uh, on at kbotatpod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you have enjoyed this episode, check out the other ones that I've done. Uh, a like and a follow on social uh, would be much appreciated. But uh, best of all, if you could subscribe, uh, that is massively helpful. And uh, I would much appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>